I don't know what it is about the pandemic. Everybody is riding bicycle now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw your bicycle there. So yeah. a couple of guys were riding bike and they they invited me to come. I'm like, bro, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that life <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Okay, I'm gonna make a start. And as people come, I will admit them. I want to start off by saying welcome to the book launch of Charge Forward Regardless. My name is Dami Adelia. I am many things, a husband, um, a father, and a younger brother to Dr. Lano Bamiro, who I'm very proud of on a personal note. And um, today we're going to be speaking about uh, the book, Charge Forward Regardless, that comes out. Um, and uh, there's gonna, I'm going to be asking some questions and it's going to be real chilled. Um, hopefully I'll be able to f throw some curveballs at him and get him thinking and thinking <laughs> on his feet, <laughs> hopefully, but, yeah. um, there will be, a, there will be, um, Q and a, um, at the end. Well, not at the end. I'll give a good time for, um, uh, Q and a, a good amount of time. And hopefully the questions I ask will help more uh, questions um, um i the only thing i'll ask is while you know i'm doing the first segment of asking and interviewing um dr lano that we just mute our mics um and i'll be doing that plus uh multitasking and allowing people in the room but without further ado i'm going to do a little introduction everyone here knows him but for those of you who don't know Lano Bamiro is a coach to a few, an author of blogs and books, a teacher on various health topics, and a public speaker on diverse areas of life, healthcare, and living on purpose, having earned a master's, master's of business administration, a master of public health, and a doctorate in public health. Lano functions as a healthcare administrator, practitioner with over 15 years of experience in the healthcare industry. Ooh. That's probably just maybe one. Hey, W, W, you're about to do it. You're about to date me, man. I'm not yeah, that old. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have um, a lot of fun. Who, 15 years of experience that you know that you could tell that you know you you have some miles on this earth. So forever I, young, man. Forever I, I, young. I hail you, my dear big brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna get started um, with the questions that I have, and and like I said before, we're gonna go into um, um, some uh, Q&A after that about the book Ch Charge Forward Regardless and I'll be multitasking because you know Lano's he's a bit famous so there's a lot of people coming into this room and I'm allowing them and I'll be doing the questions also but I wanted to start and for the purpose of this I'm just going to call you Lano despite your many titles is that okay? Absolutely please. Right, cool. And because I forgot to mention, he's also an ordained um, deacon in the Redeemed Christian Church of God. So, like I said, this this is a man of uh, many talents and many giftings. So, I wanted to start off with an easy one. Where did your love for writing start? As as, as you know, in terms of what you can remember, in terms of your love for writing. Yeah, Dummy, thank you so much. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. Um, you know, you already dated me by calling me your Egba and all that, but 
mean, forever young uh, is, is the most. <laughs> I appreciate that. I also want to take the opportunity to thank everyone that's on right now. Um, you know, a couple minutes before we got started, uh, my other really good friend, um, Dami Adenea, was on, um, uh, and he still is. And um, I thought it was Dami uh, Adouya, and I let him in, and I shared while on that. I said, you know, I need to run in the bathroom because when uh, when I have moments like this, I, I kind of get nervous and I need to go party quite often. So I'm going to try not to drink as much. So, but anyway, I'm excited to be here. Um, and I thank you all for being here. So your question, where did my love for writing come from? You know, it's funny. I'm going to be, I'm going to expose myself and be vulnerable as much as I possibly can. Um, my mom is on right now and she recently came back from Nigeria and uh, brought with her my YEC results. Now, if you know what YEC is, is the West African uh, Examination Council, something of that nature. It's the exam you take uh, as you cross over from being a senior in high school or secondary school um, uh, onto college. And she brought the YEC result and I was looking at it. And I, it's interesting to see that uh, A1 and you know math and all the A's and physics and geography and all that, but I got a C4 in English. Um, uh, and that, yeah, yeah, which is, it's interesting. I've never really been the person that enjoyed uh, English composition or the writing <laughs> of English. I'd never, I've never really been that person. It's always been the course that I just, mm, you know, uh, kind of just did enough to make through. So um, I think over the years, as I've, I've grown, I've learned that I need to intentionally focus on things that um, I have opportunities on. Um, and so, you know, knowing that I've got some relative strength in, in the, the, the math of things and the analyticals and, and those kinds of things, I've, I intentionally started spending more time um, in, in, in reading um, and, uh, and by virtue of that writing. When I wrote my first book, I'll, I'll say this and I'll pause on that. Uh, when I wrote my first book, it was accidental. Um, I had just started a new job. Um, and I was new in that role and I really didn't, I, there were some things I was feeling and I didn't know how to articulate it or how to work through it. So I started journaling and then I became an accidental writer. Um, that is how uh, I fell into it. And, and as I wrote that, I started to see that it was an avenue for me to express thoughts and experiences thus far. Um, and it was therapeutic. So I actually write more for me than I do for others, but I know God uses it to bless others as well. Definitely. And your, what was your first book? Uh, what was it called? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. People who don't yeah. know, what year did it come out? And yeah. what was the name of your first book? Yeah, so I wrote it in 2014-ish. Um, and I officially published and pushed out marketing early 2015. So it was, it was on Amazon for sale, like call it December 24th or something. But I pushed out an email in the beginning of 2015. And it's called freshman manager sink or swim freshman manager sink or swim and the premise like i said it was really what a a new leader what a new manager might go through um, in their role um, the lessons i learned the mistakes i made um, what to look for uh, and i think I, I i was intentional about speaking to also um, young male managers as you know as some of the realities um, and i'm talking again 2014 some of the realities of you know comments made um, as compliments or not compliments and being cautious um, right. about your role in leadership 
um, and those kinds of things. So um, again, it, it was the first exposition of vulnerability, um, freshman manager sink or swim. Okay, so so from what I get from what you what you said in terms of you know you getting a C in English and not being particularly you know a fan of the English uh, language, how what part did you know your eventual studies and education? Uh, I guess this is a two part question. Your you know your education in terms of you know when you're in college and when you're studying, you know when it comes to research how what part did that play in you approaching writing about things that you're passionate about in terms of it being you know going from something that wasn't necessarily natural to you prior but do you think that your education helped with kind of relaying your thoughts and expressing yourself and then you know using that know-how to then you know write your books what role did your education play in that yeah, um, I think it was huge. I think education, uh, my wife and I were having a conversation this morning and just catching up in general about 2021 and 22. Um, and, and, you know, I, I was restating to, to myself in, in conversation to, with her that um, for me, my core is education. Um, and, and sometimes I, you know, I have to find ways to articulate that in the dispensation we're in. Um, right now in this world, it's more of a content creator, um, someone that might be influencer or whatnot. Um, so for me personally, my core of existence and what I believe that I've been asked to do here on earth as a purpose uh, is education and enlightenment. Um, and so the question of what part did I do I feel my education and my exposure has helped um, and note that I also tagged in exposure to the word education, because education is not only traditional, education is not only structural, education yep. is also exposure and, and life experiences that you have. Uh, you can be, you can take that content and synthesize it for someone else to, to read and be a blessing to. Um, so short answer, education has certainly played a huge part um, um, in my life. Um, and, um, and I think it's helped uh, define what I write when I write in different capacities. Awesome. You mentioned belief. Yeah. So I'll ask, what role does your faith? You oh know, man. You're a Christian. What role does your faith play when approaching writing books? Given that your the books, uh, you know, um, the first book you wrote and this, they're not particularly what I would regard as religious books. But obviously, um, your faith is who you are, and you know any subject matter you speak on, you know, it is kind of through that line. It's in you. It's who you yeah. are. So, you know, how would you describe how your faith and your Christianity plays a role when approaching writing in general? Yeah, you know, that's that's a beautiful question, Dami, because <clears throat> one of the things that, well, first off, let me see if you can see this, gospel over culture. I love uh, it. Life on purpose, life spelled with a Y, L-Y-F-E, which is live your full existence on purpose. So you're right. My faith is 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 my core, you know, and I describe it in in, in my blogs. Um, and, and life on purpose is the avenue in which I've used to synthesize my writing thoughts. These books are independent of that, but in essence, collectively. Now, the way I describe um, life on purpose and and what I'm trying to encourage and inspire people to do is to um, live their life with their faith as their core, um, and, and then stair step from that. So if you think of an onion, the innermost layer 
being being faith. Right? And then the next layer is fitness. And I describe that as you know, your relationship with yourself, your physical, your mental health, and the importance of that. If you don't have a vehicle to carry out your task, then there is no, uh, there's, there's no task delivered. Um, and then I talk about family, which is, you know, your, your responsibility to the immediate uh, surrounding that you're, you're charged with as a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, whatever the case may be, that immediate circle as the third layer, and then your focus, which is what task, what assignment, what calling does God have over your life? You know, you think of folks, and forgive me for going circular, but you think of folks like Michael Jordan, and you think of basketball. You, you know, we sometimes forget he played baseball. Or you think of Oprah Winfrey, and you think of media. We sometimes forget that she did other things as well. Um, and so your focus is that that purpose that God is has established. And then I talk about. Um, your finances. It's basically your, your, your relationship with the resources God has given you. And then lastly, your friends, in essence, the fellowship in which um, you, you, uh, you're, you're tasked to, to do life with. You know, we know that the Bible says that the greatest commission is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And the next is to love your neighbor as yourself, which is, in essence, the practice of fellowship, which is, in essence, the practice of friendship in every faith-based standpoint. So back to your question of what part has faith really played in my writing, in my thinking, in my speaking, it's the core of everything. And, and I've been intentional most lately to define it as faith. You know, my faith, being faith in, uh, right? My faith is, 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 is the core, not my religion. Right. Not, not the doctrines in which I may have learned um, in the very well-equipped environment of the Baptist church. I, 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 there's so many things I learned, so many nuggets, so many memory verses. The sword of the spirit was a second nature thing for us growing up. So, yeah. But when I got to an age of personal understanding and relationship with, with Christ, I understood that my faith is more important than the doctrine, than the religion, than the, the cultural perception of what my relationship should be with my maker. And so faith, to answer that question, is a true core of, of everything I do in rights and otherwise. I love that. And I, and I think it's clear, just knowing you personally, it's clear, you know. So I, I can definitely attest to that from the person I know and um, what I've read from you, not just your books, but all, uh, your blogs and, you know, and we'll get to, to all of that stuff. But since you mentioned, you know, um, faith, fitness, family, focus, finances and friends, that is... Uh, a chapter in the book, Charge Forward Regardless, which you title the six Fs. So I want to move forward in speaking specifically about the book. Now, like you said, the first book came out 2015. Bro, mm. this is 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my question is, yo, what took so long? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, what, what, obviously a lot of life has happened in that uh, time. So I'm curious to know how many mm -hmm. failed, failed books Oof. have you had in that time where you kind of started and stopped? <laughs> Were there any, you know? Dummy. And, and ah. how, did you, how did you charge forward regardless? Ooh, Dummy, <laughs> you're taking it there. That's a, that's, that's a great question. Golly. Um, Victor is over there smiling uh, because <laughs> Let me put it this way. All right, so it was probably March or maybe it was April. Um, this year? So Victor and I were catching up um, and I'll connect back to your question, but Victor and I were catching up 
Um, and um, Victor's an author as well. He's written a couple. Um, and what Kasha about, you know, some of the goals we wanted to achieve. And it, it, it came out that we still, I wanted to write book two. And I was transparent. I'm like, bro, if I tell you the number of manuscripts that I've written. So to answer your question, I have at least three different half-baked books sitting somewhere in some old laptop, in some Google Doc somewhere um, that just didn't deliver. And I, I, by the grace of God, I'll, I'll circle back to that. Um, but what happened over those years? Life, man. Um, first Son came in 2014, which was coincided with right before the book, and then Second Son, and then Third Child this year. Um, changed jobs, I think, at least once in that cycle, moved since that cycle, um, you know, discovered myself further. Honestly, actually, I would say that. I would say in the last six so years, I've probably spent more time discovering more of who God wants me to be as a person. Um, you know, my pastor is on here as well. And one of the things that he, he's, you know, he's spoken into my life about more stories, the importance of character and you know, I would say in those years, I've spent more time on earth in that and exposing myself to know more of what I need to work on to be a better person for my maker, family, and everybody else. Um, so all of that has happened over the years. But to answer the question of how many failed books, bro, yeah, there's, there's at least there's at least three three books in, in some file somewhere that may or may not see the light of day. Why did this happen? Um, accountability. Accountability is what birthed this. Um, again, I, I, I touched, I mentioned my brother on the call as well here, um, Victor and Shegun, Shegun Ugemi and I um, created a, an accountability, uh, accountability group. And every morning we would have to screenshot and send what we wrote for that day. You know, you had to, even if it's a hundred words, you must post something. Um, and so that helped. Um, and and Shegun published um, a couple weeks back um, and um, mine's out today. And Victor's is at the editors right now. So um, I think that really helped. I think that is what brought it to light um, this go around. I think if, obviously, obviously a few other things, but um, if I were to touch on that, um, to answer yeah. your question, yeah. yes, some things that are, uh, that some books that didn't get dropped, uh, but accountability with, um, you know, my brothers on here, Shegun Gugwemi and Victor Lofimaki did help. Yeah, I just think, Given the title, you know, charge forward regardless, and then also you put, you know, fighting huh? fears, overcoming you obstacles, breaking through barriers. Um, can can we, uh, mics, please? Sorry, let me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No worries. Yes. Thank you. So, as you you know, the title of the book, charge forward regardless, fighting fears, overcoming obstacles, and breaking through barriers. I just think there's an irony in um in that because of i think i think for us for me anyway where you're writing such a book in what's probably probably the most drastic we've experienced the most drastic uh world event in our adult adult life mm -hmm. uh, so can you so actually first i'll ask you before i get to that first question Given that you know this book is charged forward regardless, fighting fears, overcoming obstacles, and breaking through barriers, who would you say this book is for? Wow, <clears throat> I think you know, as you said earlier, um, or really, I guess as I said earlier, I, I write first for me. I write first for me. Um, I love 
Um, and the back of the book, I talk about how I use my Twitter page to remind myself of things that I need to um, be remembered um, at a later point. Um, so the first thing is I write for me to remind myself of things that the Holy Spirit and, and God speaks into my life. Um, after doing some reading, after doing some research, I write for me. Um, this book is also for those who are, you know, as the tagline says, someone who has a fear that's keeping them back from God's plans and purposes for their life. Someone who there's an obstacle, there's just something that it's just, you know, you may be able to pinpoint it, but you may not be able to, but you know that there's a bigger plan over your life and you've not been able to overcome that. This book is for, is for that person. The book is also for someone who, you know, has, they've seen barriers in their life. Um, and I spend a little bit of time in chapter one talking about yesterday and, and the, the importance of, or the perceived, let me clarify that, the perceived importance of knowing where you come from and the history of that. But I then tail end that chapter with that, therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In, other, in essence, when you come to Christ and you know him for it, as your savior, then all things truly are passed away. And then you're truly able to fight that fear, overcome that obstacle and push through the barrier. So I write for folks who want more out of life, who know that there's more out of life that God has in store for them, but there's just something that's holding them back. But the intention of this book is to help you push through that. In other words, this book is for all of us. So, <laughs> and, I, and I love that. Um, I wanted to ask is again, you know, when in terms of fighting fears and you know, speaking about, you know, where you come from and understanding the importance of where you come from, but you, you've also spoke today about education and exposure. I'm interested to, to know, because there's a part of your book where, you know, you speak about fear quite extensively, but there's a particular part where you, you speak on the importance of uh, therapy um, mm. as a means of identifying fear. Where I come from, I, obviously I was born and brought up in London, but I was born in a Nigerian household and, you know, that culture is in, as well as, you know, coming from London and the UK. Um, therapy as a means of identifying fear isn't a, a go-to mm. from, you know, not only from a cultural standpoint, but also in, in, in some ways, a generational yeah. uh, standpoint for you. How, how did you, why do you think um, therapy as a means, you know, obviously there's, there's right. various means of identifying fear, but why do you think therapy as a, a means of identifying fear is important in, in your own words? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love that question. I appreciate you highlighting that. Um, there's not enough um, in the day to talk about the importance of, of our mental wellness. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, my, my educational background, um, obviously more recently with my uh, master's in public health, uh, my focus was on uh, education and, and behavioral sciences. Uh, my doctorate in public health, likewise, my, my research was heavily on the psychosocial aspects of mental health. In essence, the factors that uh, play a part in how we as humans exist beyond what we can see on the physical, which is, which are, and I'll, I'll just get technical here, self-efficacy, which is your personal belief about yourself, social support, which is that next layer, the next 
uh, level of support uh, community. And again, this is something about principles in life that God has that is so beautiful. Again, catch what I'm saying here. The intrapersonal is the self-efficacy, the innermost layer, how I feel about myself individually. The next layer is the social support, how others, my loved ones, my immediate surrounding. And then the third layer is the community, the, the surroundings of people. And if you go back to the faith, fitness, family, focus, finance, friends I talk about, your faith is my perception of your innermost layer with your fitness being the second. Your family is the social support, the next layer. And then your friends on the furthest outskirts uh, is the fellowship of community. Um, how does fear and mental wellness uh, how do I see the intertwining of that? The reality is for many of us, there are uh, traumatic experiences in which we had. And I, again, the reason why I share that precedence is to affirm my, my relative knowledge and research um, uh, as a, a research practitioner on these things. Um, research has shown us that we have historical instances and situations that are buried in our memory in either one of these layers, at the intrapersonal, at the interpersonal, at the societal, at the community that we have not unearthed. In other words, there are things in our minds that we need to bring to the forefront so that we can better address what is needed. You asked, what have I been doing the past six plus years? I've been unearthing my own fears. I've been unearthing my own obstacles. I've been unearthing my own barriers in different mediums, in, 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 in therapeutic medium, in, in conversational mediums, in relational mediums, because it is important. You cannot progress if you don't know what's holding you back. Thanks. And so, you know, knowledge of that is, is, is one step to get to the solution. But I can't but end that whole dissertation without saying that knowledge of that is, is not what would change you. None of that is only for you. It is not the catalyst to, to your change. The catalyst to your change is your relationship and faith. That knowledge of that, again, I say it's for you. It is not bigger than the God in which you know. It is not bigger than the Holy Spirit that can come in you and help you, but it, it helps you as an individual understand with the limited scope that we have um, on how to progress in life. So I say to say, um, yes, um, therapy is huge. It's important. It's it's. I mean, let's let's be honest. If you have a if you if you break your hand, you go to a medical doctor to have it assessed. If if you know if something is nagging and aching you in your belly, you go to a medical doctor. Um, I honestly and strongly believe that every one of us ought to have just as we have yearly physical checkup, we ought to have yearly mental assessments. Uh, and, and I know there are connotations to those words, but we ought to have yearly conversations, uh, if that is a softer word, um, with therapists, with folks who are professionally trained to help us um, address uh, our, our mind. Again, your faith, your fitness, your fitness is not only your physical body, but it is also your mental mind. I love that answer. And just staying there, in your opinion, and sorry to put you on the spot, what, what, why do you think there is a apprehension when it comes to, um, you know, mental health in general? Um, 
and, and, and again, like I said previously, I don't think it's just a cultural thing where, you know, Africa or whatever. I also think there's a generational aspect to it also uh, that comes into play. I don't know. Obviously, we have access to information that, you know, the previous generations didn't as easy as we do. Do you think right. that plays a role? Um, and can you speak to the stigma that mental health has versus um like you said you know an injury a physical injury that we have that you know we're, we're quite um willing to um go to the doctor straight away and we understand that we don't have all the answers when it comes to a physical or you know uh, you know thing that we need to deal with when it comes to mental health for some reason i think um what do you think holds people back from yeah really you know exploring you know mental health and their mental health yeah yeah you know thank you for that question dami i think um a couple things you you've touched on it uh, and i don't i don't, I don't want to discredit your statement of culture because it is culture um you know from my perception again i'm not uh, i'm not the end all be all on this but my perception is culture has a part to play um i for many of us that are on this call um, probably from a, an African cultural background um, where uh, shame is something that we make a prayer point. Mm. <laughs> Not that it is, it is a bad thing, okay? They, they, they address, to address shame as a prayer point is to, is, is, is to remove the factor of shame. But that is how important it is to us that we are not exposed for our insecurities. Culturally, we do not want to be exposed for insecurities. I'm guilty, and I, I, I say that with all honesty, right? Um, you know, I, I'm sitting here looking, and every once in a while, the camera shows my little fold. I'm like, golly, Lana, where, where's <laughs> the fitness point of it, right? That is an insecurity point, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's a cultural thing, and I'm talking physical, but then there's the mental, which is what we're trying to discuss here. Yeah. The cultural perception is that when there's... Um, when when you have these issues that can be resolved you don't bring it to the light until it's resolved and even when it's resolved you don't need to bring it up um i, I think culture is a big part of that to hold only the african culture as guilty um even in the in the 50s um and um, in the americas um, it wasn't until then 60 70 years ago that they started to open up to the idea of um, psychotherapy, um, and it wasn't until we had a president who had family members that had issues that these things were brought up more to light. So, as as humans, I think you know, um, and I think it's much more stronger in certain cultures than in others. But as humans, we find shame um, an unfavorable emotion, um, um, and so whatever it is that could present as shame compared to the community perception of what wellness and, and, and good should look like, we, we, we work against it. And when you work against what, what could be resolved by other people, you are not resolving it. In other words, if you don't expose it, you can't address it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not asking that you expose yourself to someone who can't help you. But I'm saying that for your own personal good, why not expose yourself to someone who can help you? You don't have to gloat your problem, but address it within yourself. Now, I think the other piece is because as a culture, we ask people 
for references for things. So if I have a mental health issue and I need to talk to a mental health specialist, I, I typically culturally would ask a friend, a brother, but because this is a thing of shame, I'm not going to ask and I die in silence. Hmm. Well, in this day and age, there's, there's so much information on the web. I hope, I hope there is no one that needs help. Um, and I hope, I know it's not true, but that needs help that isn't seeking that help because you can get the help you need. You don't have to ask anybody again. Something dropped in my mind as I was talking about shame. If we go back to the foundation of the existence of man and, and Adam and Eve, it is when Adam and Eve became exposed, right, in their naked body. And when shame came upon them, that they started to feel uncomfortable with God, right? So it is, it is foundational, if I may say, yeah. that shame is something we don't want, right? Um, you know, but until, you know, you, you, you expose yourself, you can't be healed through that problem. Um, I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I, I think the big takeaway there okay. as, yeah. as to, um, you know, what is culture and generation and all that, I think in our generation, in our dispensation, the information is out there. And so I think if anyone needs help at any given time, um, Google it. Um, and, and I hope that they will find help, and not only on mental health, but all things about life. Yeah, I love that. You know, and there's something that you, you kind of, uh, I would say the, the next question I have for you in light of that, uh, and, and something else you touched on in the book, is the importance of accountability um just and i think in, in what you just said you know you know after you identify a fear after you identify an issue in terms of and then just in terms of you know the journey of charging forward regardless and the importance of having the right people around you you know and these are things you speak about in the book also in terms of accountability and you know just your general circle can you speak to for you how just different people in your life and friends mentors yeah. the importance of accountability you know especially for a generation like the millennials maybe you know who think they know everything you know mm. like mm. you know the importance mm. of accountability mm. um and I guess in, in a certain sense, the humility to, you know, subject to yourself um, under, you know, someone's mentorship mm. or to even have the enough self-awareness that you identify the flaws in yourself, but know that you're not fully equipped to deal with them by yourself, mm. need some certain le level of accountability and mentorship. Can you speak on that given, you know, yeah. what, whole chapter in the book? Yeah, Dami, I think you you need to have a podcast and you need to, you need to <laughs> time on, on what you just discussed here. Um, yeah, accountability is, is truly important. Um, and, and I think a couple of things you touched on, you know, there is this sense of arrogance. There's this sense of entitlement that if I may say, if you're a millennial, we're exemplifying much more um, now than anything, if I may say. Um, and I think it comes from, again, the point I made earlier that you can access information. And so sometimes, you know, even back in the day when, you know, your father or your uncle or your big, you know, big brother says something, you're, you're not, you don't have that handheld device that you can quickly Google research and, and even add points three, four, five to what they've said. And so you're subjective 
to their information. You know, right, wrong, or different, they, you are truly molded in the, in the mentorship path that they, that they present. So I think for us in this dispensation, having so much, we are, we are information rich, but not necessarily knowledge rich. We are information rich, but not necessarily knowledge rich. Um, and so, you know, the charge that you present of accountability is one that I continue to subject myself to. Um, you know, I shared earlier that you know, in finishing this book, I, I subjected myself to two other brothers in accountability. I could, I could go on and on and on um, from, from my, uh, the grace of God is daily prayers with, you know, three other brothers that we rotate from Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. You know, that, 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 that accountability, I mean, if I'm not on the call, Pastor Sheggs is, is beeping, you know, Valentine, you know, George. I mean, they, there's that. I can go on about, you know, and I'll, I'll share again another vulnerable statement here. If, 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 I'm, if I'm not meeting what I need to do as a responsible father, as a responsible husband, you know, my, my wife knows the calls to make and golly, <laughs> the carpet, right? And so that, that, is, that is an important part of, of growth. You know, I think if we are truly, if we truly desire to be better, if we truly forget anybody else, like just, it's your life, right? Yeah. If you truly desire to be a better person, you should allow yourself um, to be spoken to. You should allow that, that life should be spoken into you. Uh, there's an adage in a place where I come from where, you know, what a child cannot see standing up, uh, an older person can see miles away, even sitting down. In other words, the experience that has come over the years, the, the, the things that Google might not have translated completely for you um, in, your, in your little quick research, um, someone who's gone through that experience can give you the nuggets quickly. And so I, I, I strongly believe in subjecting yourself to authority, um, ongoing. Um, and, and honestly, connecting that back to the book, Charge Forward, regardless, there will be moments where you yourself, you don't, you are fighting that authority. Um, you, you're, you're, you're bucking it. You are, you're being stubborn about it. Um, you know, my prayer, I hope, is that you are connected with people who love you enough to charge forward regardless in making sure that you succeed. People who, even when you're stubborn, that they themselves will be stubborn back out of love to make sure you are right. I love that. Uh, before I move on to the next uh, question, I'm about to soon um, open the floor uh, for questions from all of you wonderful people. What I'm going to ask is, if, if you have a question, write it on the chat, and in the order of which I receive it through the chat, I will um, ask you to um, ask your questions based on the names I see. So if you can just write, just say, I have a question. Um, while I ask this question, um, the next question, series of questions, and then I'm going to open the floor for those uh, questions. And then I'll, I'll just say your name and, and let you answer your question and we'll uh, keep it moving. Um, so I hope uh, everyone understands that. So you could just write on the uh, Zoom chat. So, so the next question I have, you know, because I, uh, accountability is very important, especially when you have goals that you want to achieve, um, whether, you know, career or family wise, I, I would ask you um, in terms of, I guess, how do you maintain focus uh, when, you know, going for your goals? Um, 
what does that look like for you? I know you, you again, that's something you speak on yeah. um, in the book, but the importance of focus um, yeah. when it comes to just kind of, uh, you know, going for a goal and, you know, and picking yourself up again after obstacles and even your approach to obstacles and, and stuff like that. Can you speak on that? Yeah. You know, I, I, again, I, I'm a person that I believe in information or knowledge amassed over time and in different spheres. So credit to my pastor on this. Uh, he describes focus as follow on course until success and, and, and follow on course until success. And, and the idea there is that when you have a goal, and, and, and of course, we can spend a little bit of time talking about the difference between goal setting and growth. G-R-O-W-T-H setting. The importance of, of setting something that is beyond your current state is what we're trying to um, uh, point out. But um, when you have a goal or you have a growth set um, ahead of you, um, one of the practical ways that I stay focused, that I charge forward regardless, um, is again, as we mentioned, accountability. It's probably one of the biggest factors. Um, secondly, um, you know, some, from time to time, I, 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 uh, I make public statements to, to further hold me accountable beyond just a small circle. For example, um, when this book was almost done, I dropped it, I dropped statements in different places that now I can't take my word back and say I'm not publishing book. You get, like, I, 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 I created um, difficult uh, situations for myself. Um, so that I could deliver. The other thing um, that, that helps me stay focused practically um, is, is protecting my time, protecting my time. I say this quite often, I thrive in solitude. Um, and for those who may know me in different spheres, you might know me as social butterfly and all that. I mean, I have quite a handful of my high school classmates on here um, and I was the social prefect. And, you know, I, I think that was very accidental. Theodore Yengifar should have been the social prefect. Anyway, I digress. But, you know, in, it, it, I, I may have been that social person, but the reality as my core is I thrive in solitude. And so I, 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 I guard those moments. Um, mm -hmm. I have a good brother of mine that gave me an amazing book. Um, um, and the premise of the book, Chidi Ayanlechi specifically gave me this book. And the premise of the book was, what successful people do, you know, before 8 a.m. And one of the practices was waking up at 4.30 every morning. Now, I, don't, I can't say that I commit to that every day, but it was actually about a year of my life that that was a commitment that I delivered on, which was waking up and following, you know, an acronym to, to, to make sure I delivered on my task. And so what, what that allowed me was it, I had a protected 4.30 to 6 a to work on what it is I believed God wanted me to work on, to work on myself and, and the assignment. So you know, I guess just those few things about focus, you know, accountability, public, finding ways to, you know, corner yourself and publicly expose yourself, um, uh, protecting your time. Um, I think those are some important things that folks can work on. Okay, great, great. Okay, now I'm going to Leave, uh, leave the floor open for people to ask questions. And um, the first person I'm going to call on is Mr. Victor. Hey, and, thank you. Thank uh, you, Dami. I'm nervous that Victor is the first person you asked. God help. 
<laughs> you, know, you know what though? You know what though? I, I was gonna be nice to you. Oh but Lord! For once, now that you made that statement, <laughs> now that you made that statement, uh, uh, it's just, all good. It's all good. You, you Go just caused it. The, you just caused it. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> so the question I have for you is: How did you get so smart? This guy. How did you get so handsome? Oh. Okay, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so, so you started that. All right, so I actually have two questions for you, Alana. Uh, so I haven't gotten the book yet, right? So I'm, I'm not sure if you've pushed out the method to buy the book. I was waiting for this event. Is it going to be sometime later on we'll talk about that? Or you want to address yes. how to get the book? Dami, you going to do that later on, Dami? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask him to tell us uh, where to get the book and, and other things that he has out online also. Definitely. Yeah, I could actually, to, to drop that real quick, I'm going to just drop it in um, in here. Amazon, just um, literally search for um, Charge Forward Regardless. Um, charge Forward Regardless. This Charge Forward comma regardless makes it more specific. Uh, but lineofamiru.com um, is, my, is my blog. Um, and just if you play around, you'll see that um, my book, other content. Uh, I'm going to ask more questions, more questions about that, Lana. So, um, do you have an ebook version of it as well, like on iBooks? I do. Okay, I do. That's a great question. So, I have um, a, uh, I guess it's called an ebook, a digital version that's also on Amazon. Yes, sir. Okay, so like, so I read primarily through like iBooks, like our books, yeah. right, or through Kindle. So you have it in all those platforms, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Now, also, I on, I know that generally on a book launch, you know, we just don't buy one book, right? We can buy multiple books, or we can uh, pay more for a book through like, you know, uh, Zale, PayPal, those kind of things. Do you have anything like, like set up like that on your website or anything like that or not? You know, Victor, that's a great question. I, I, I thought about that over and again, and I, I, I really kind of just held out. Um, so to answer that question, I don't have, um, like a, a model where you can, you know, do a gifting towards okay. book. Um, you know, but I think if you bought, you know, you know, my, my friend Victor is a multimillionaire. So if you bought like a, a million He's copies. You again, man. <laughs> <laughs> if you bought like a million copies that just wanted to gift it all out, I think it will go through the same avenue. Um, part why I, <laughs> I wanted to truly assess, you know, yeah, well, let's see, let's see what really happens uh, when we put a book out like this. The last question on that line, and I'm, I'm not going to go to my other question about the book or about just life in general is, uh, do you have a preferred uh, avenue for us to purchase a book? Is it on your website, Amazon, uh, ebook? Does it matter to you? Yeah, uh, preference will be Amazon. Okay. Preference will be Amazon. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, the question I actually had is, uh, so, regardless to, your, to the book, Charge Forward, regardless, I'm not sure if you're addressing there. I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to get it right away, is as we're charging forward and making progress in life, uh, it's hard to balance uh, uh, our determination, our drive for success, and also our time with family and friends, mm. right? So, you know, you know, do I want to spend uh, an hour and a half helping my friend with a problem at 2 p.m., or do I just do my my clients, my customers, or do I want to spend, you know, uh, a whole day at a weekend watching with my family? To catch up. So how, do you have any method on how to balance yeah. uh, the drive and also family and friends? 
Hey, Victor, you, you know, if anyone is watching, you can see my wife nodding here because um, that's that's a constant work in progress by the grace of God for me. Um, you know, what I've tried to do, uh, and I can't say that it's it's constantly worked, what I've tried to do is, is to be open in communication um, with all the important parties to my life. Um, and, and for me, Again, um, faith is my communication and my relationship with God. Um, and being open to hear from him, um, you know, honestly, I can tell when, when I'm, I'm neglecting that area of my life. Um, when it comes to my relationship with myself, um, my folds tell me quickly when I'm, ex you know, <laughs> neglecting that area of my life. Um, you know, my wife would tell me what I'm neglecting the area of my family. Um, so I think communication has been the way um, to for me to try uh, to balance that. Um, now, one of the things that I'm hoping to do better is to be proactive with it, Victor. I think that's where you're going. It's being proactive as opposed to sitting and waiting for there to be a, a red flag moment, a highlight moment. Um, you know, but I think communication across the board so that all parties that are truly within your circles understand where you are, what you're doing. You know, why am I spending time working on this project as, as a focus? That is important for my family. Why am I spending time on, on, on a fellowship, on a friendship? Um, that is important to, you know, the other parts. That's important. So um, for me, it's, it's, it's being communicative to all key parties. Um, um, extending grace and, and hoping that grace is extended. Um, and then transparently, the squeaky wheel sometimes uh, gets the oil. Well, just, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to dominate the conversation. Just so, just I want to clarify, because I want to make sure I really understand what you're saying here. But before I say that, I want, I really want to thank you, Lana. I forgot to that at the beginning for this, for this book. And thank you and Dami for this session, right? So I've pulled, I've written out a lot of nuggets for what you're saying, including waking up early, how to focus on my goals, chart you know how to you know move forward regardless so i really want to thank you for that. i want you to know i have a long list of right here of what i've written down and it's very impactful so thank you for that i really appreciate it uh so, so i guess to just clarify what you're saying is that the best way to kind of handle it you, you recommend is to communicate to the people in your life what so that they will know you're thinking about it but might right. just not be the right time to kind of give them the time so, so yeah. don't just assume they understand but if it's your work people you know, if it's your, your family, your friends say, hey, you know, I mean, I know you need this time. I want to give it to you this time, but can we, can I, can we get to it a, a different time? Like be open about it and kind of have a click. Is that what you're saying? Victor, I think you articulated that perfectly. I think communication is that key um, across all areas. Thanks, bud. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Victor. That was awesome. I'm gonna move next to Mr. Shegum, please. Forgive me for not attempting to pronounce last hey, name. Hey guys, how you? <laughs> no problem. Uh, can you guys hear me pretty well? Yes. 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 Shay. Wonderful. Lana, I just want to say congratulations first of all, and um, uh, we're talking about accountability and uh, and you know stuff like that. You lived that through the through our our group. Okay, you were the driving force. I'm not lying to you. You were the driving mm -hmm. force to push all of us towards trying to get this done. And um, I got to give you. You are the reason why I completed my book. Okay, oh, so man. I just want to thank you for that and let you know um, 
I'm very proud of you, and I just want uh, I just want everybody to to buy this book and and first sell like hotcakes because you worked hard towards it. Uh, where's your? Come in, come in. Thank you so Stop much. Bro. I appreciate that. Yes, not a problem. Not a problem. Um, so one more thing, when it comes to accountability, uh, you know, I was thinking. So when it comes to setting up for the year, what are your plans? How do you do? You like schedule this ahead of time, or how do you go about trying to? Hold yourself accountable for your goals for the for the for the next year. Like you know, this is December. I'm sorry, this is January first. So I'm trying to right. figure out where I can kind of organize this better uh, to you know have a better year than I did last year. Yeah, yeah, Shaga, I appreciate that. I think one of the things that a friend of mine really taught me is to give the last three to four days of the year um, your focused attention for the coming year. And so, and it's never too late, though. That's the reality. So for those that have not done that for 22. Uh, the hope is that you can still do that. Um, and, and for me, again, the way I've worked things out to help myself is in those buckets. I figure if I put a goal for each one of those buckets of faith, business, family, focus, finance, and friends that I, 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 I have touched all important factors of my life. Now, you know, there are some other things that, you know, might get added and might get morphed in. Uh, but put in a goal, and you know, we talk about smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. In other words, put a time factor to each one of those goals. And so um, I've, I've been able to um, kind of just work on each one of those areas and, and, and put specific goals. Um, and then I touched on the difference between goal and growth previously as well, um, in that your goals should be more so um, improvements over prior year. Um, it shouldn't just be you know, because when you achieve a goal, you relent. But the, the again, to use, not to use the word goal as a pun intended, but to, to your goal truly is for growth, right? The reason why you're setting goals is to grow. So if you actually truly set growth plans, um, then, then while you're achieving incremental goals, say quarterly, um, say monthly, say weekly, even daily, I have a daily review. I have a daily review right now that connects to my monthly, that connects to my yearly, personally. Um, and so that's that's really been helpful for me. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Shagel. I'm going to move on to the next question. I'm going to answer because they asked this in the chat. So I'm just going to ask this for Mr. Theodore. How do you manage the flesh as in the ordinary man in you, enough to stay focused. It's not easy to stay so focused with stuff going on around you. And I believe you have touched a bit on it, but you can kind of just tie that up in a nice Yeah, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Theodore is the guy I was talking about that should have been socially perfect in our set, but I digress. And, you know, <clears throat> well, the question of the flesh is one that, you know, uh, and, and I appreciate the fact that we've already talked about this. My faith is my core. Uh, and so I don't apologize for it. Um, and so I think the, the, the thing about the flesh is, you know, the sooner we acknowledge that it is a limiting factor to the bigger person that we are. And, and I, if I may say, I believe that the spirit is stronger than the physical, right? And so the sooner we acknowledge that it is a limiting factor to, to, to being that bigger person in the spirit, the easier it is for us. Uh, it, it's... The, the, the beast you feed is what grows. Um, the, the, the lion that gets the attention is the, is the, that you feed 
is what will grow. And so, you know, uh, for example, you know, being intentional about a fast. And, you, you know, I think when we use the word fast, sometimes it's limited to food. There's certain things that you know that you can't do without. Just try and, 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 and you know, deny yourself of that for three days, you know, uh, again, with the help of accountability partners, that also helps. <clears throat> and I think that helps. I think that helps. Um, and then also, um, you know, focusing on it so much um, gives it too much attention. I, again, I would say, trying to focus on other parts of who you are, um, just as, uh, you know, as, as God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I believe we are a trinity as well. Uh, and so our, our, our body is just one piece, our physical, which is our physical and mental uh, health. Our, our spirit is another piece, and then our soul. And I, personally, my perception is that your soul is like because no man can see God and, and live, right? And so your soul is often not seen the spirit is the holy spirit within you which is the catalyst that helps you to be a better person if your spirit is aligned and then jesus christ came in the flesh and showed us that we can do that flesh and we can we can subject that flesh um, and so you know i think subjecting the flesh by not focusing so much on it focus on the spirit feed the spirit spend more time in the spirit realm we are spiritual beings having physical experiences not the other way around uh, practically i think accountability does help Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.